Would you stand with me for the reading of the word, Joshua 1, 6 through 9, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there. If not, you can read along with us on the screen, Joshua 1, 6 through 9 is where we're going to park here for just a few minutes, and then we're going to go off for burnt sacrifices unto the Lord on the barbecue. Amen, somebody. My annual Memorial Day joke, <laughs> burnt sacrifices of brats and burgers and fillets of fish or something let's begin this is an epic text it really is this is a text that is amazingly filled with some some really strong nuggets of truth and I can't speak for how good the sermon's going to go but I guarantee you this text will bless you if you get into it and if you read it uh, with me so I'm I, I'm not going to ask you to read it out loud but I will um, read it along with you. And so we'll just read it right off the screen and, and that way I can see it better. Be strong and of good courage. Everyone say, be strong. And everyone say, good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. He promised it. Everyone say, he promised it. All right. So do they, are they possessing it yet? Anybody know if they've possessed it yet? No, but they've been promised it, right? Okay, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe. This seems like a rerun, doesn't it? We, we just read this, but it seems like God's on repeat. He says it again. Be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand. Thou, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou go, or that you may be successful. Go on to the next verse. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. One translation says, don't let the word of God leave your lips. Interesting. And then it says, but thou shalt meditate. Everyone say meditate. I know the world thinks meditation is something that came from Eastern religion, but meditation actually came from God. Amen. He knew what it meant to, for us to spend time thinking and being in the word of God. They're, they're in day and night, so do it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. Now, if you do this, the two things above, you'll be able to do all that is written therein. For then, everyone say then. There's a, key, there's a key point there. There's a, there's a link. Then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous. Who's making your ways prosperous? You will. It says thy. It says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Now God gives us pros, prosperous ways, but he said, I've made a promise to you. And if you rehearse my promises, you will make your way prosperous by rehearsing my promises. Amen. So he says, thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This is the heart of God for all of us. Good success. Amen. I'm grateful for the word of the Lord. How about you? I'm excited about this word. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together one more time. Jesus, give us good seed to sow into good ground today. Let us be fertile soil planted. Let it root, let it grow, and let it bring forth the harvest. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. I love this text because it's kind of like a sneak into the locker room at halftime. And God's given Joshua a pep talk to get him out to win the game. And, and God goes in on what he needs Joshua to do. How many know that when God gives you a purpose, he won't give you a purpose that he has not prepared you for? How many know that? 
He will not put you on assignment until he's trained you for that assignment. And so sometimes the trials and tests that come to our life are actually boot camp for where God's going to deploy us. Amen? It's all right to talk back today. I like a little bit of interaction. So when we have God putting us on task, how many know you have a destiny and you have a purpose in God? How many know he's got a plan for you? That's pretty standard preaching all over the, the globe right now. People are understanding that God put me here for a reason and I want that job and I want to be successful at that job because we just read that God wants us to succeed. The part of our life that we understand to be difficult or the things that we don't understand about our life or the trials and, and tribulations or struggles that come, we can, very, we can have peace in those moments if we understand that everything in our life surrendered to God becomes, becomes a weapon in the hands of the Lord. In other words, I'm not saying God sends everything to your life, but he does allow everything to take place. He gave man will, and whenever man has will, man can choose to do very harmful things, amen? And God does not remove man's will once he gives it. So therefore, when God has things that have happened through our lives, and he has allowed man to have their own will, some of us being brought up in different places and different struggles, we know that some men had their will in our lives, but guess what? When we give it to God, God can take all of it and use it against the enemy. In other words, the weapons formed against us shall not prosper, the scripture says, because God is able to make them for our good. So the things that happen to us that are displeasing and the things that happen to us that are confusing, that were brought on maybe by the decisions of other people and we had no choice in the matter, we still have a choice on how we respond to those things. Amen somebody so we choose to surrender it to God and let him do the work in our life and then we realize that all of those things though they may not have been pleasant though we may have felt broken through them we realize that God uses the broken to bless us and put us in to our purpose in life amen I'm grateful for an all-knowing, all-powerful God who works all things together for good to them that love God according to his purpose. The parts that we see in our life, what we think that we need to take control of, if we surrender them to God, he will use them because there's a strong promise in every one of our lives from the word of God. And he's talking to Joshua here and he's saying, be strong and be courageous. Then he repeats himself one verse later. We don't know what happened between verse 6 and 7, but we know that the human tendency is to forget the blessings of God at times. When we get down and we get out or we get in a struggle, we can forget the faith and the power that God has used through other things and the miracles even that God has brought to our life when we're not handling things or not feeling well about things of life. And so maybe God is just reminding Joshua one more time hey you need to be strong and you need to be courageous I want to preach for just a little while today about commanded to be courageous in other words God's saying this is not an option for you this is not something that you get to choose maybe I will today maybe I won't maybe I will be brave in the face of of 
of different things that have come into my life. Maybe I can find that I feel courageous this morning or that morning. Maybe Tuesday you felt courageous, but Wednesday you felt beat up by life. And Thursday you felt up again. And now Friday you're not feeling so up. I can tell you this, that if I chose every time I was going to preach based upon how I felt on Saturday night or Sunday morning, y'all would hear from me about three times a year. That's how it works. But whenever I get the understanding that God wants me to be courageous in everything I do, and the key factor is that I have to tell myself how to be courageous. In other words, your conversation informs your courage. Your conversation builds your courage. And so God said to rehearse my word in your lips, or keep my word on your lips regularly. In other words, if you've hid God's word, word in your heart, you will not sin against God, but it also has a byproduct. The byproduct is whenever something comes against you, you can stand up and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Though I fall seven times, I'll get back up. And even whenever I see the enemy come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard up or raise a wall up against it. In other words, I stand behind protection. Doesn't matter how I feel. And so what, what the Bible is teaching us here is a very key component to handling fear and discouragement. Everyone say fear. fear. Everyone say discouragement. We are all going to face it because we're human beings and we're emotional and we have a spirit. And fear affects both of those two things and discouragement can come to your life. But I want you to understand the big idea here that I wanted to pull out of the book of Joshua and this example. And I'll give a little Bible background in a second, but I want you to know that God's promises are guaranteed. And, and, and let me say it this way a little bit better. God's presence is guaranteed, but God's promises are optional. In other words, when you know that God will never leave you or forsake you, there is great hope in that. There is great joy in that. The world needs that hope, don't they? They need to know about a God who never leaves them, who stands beside them. But I want you to know that God's promises are optional. You have to want them. You have to go after them. And so God is speaking to Joshua because the Bible background here is that Moses has passed on beyond the scene. Moses has died at the beginning of this chapter. It tells that Moses is dead. And he climbed up Mount Nebo and died there and they never found his body because sometimes if they would have found his body, they would have worshipped the bones of the old man prophet instead of letting go of what was old to take on the new. Sometimes God has to take something out of your life or else you would continue to worship a place where God used to move. And sometimes whenever you have an anointing on something and God moves to a new generation, God has to remove that out of the way so that you'll accept and take on the new task that God's put in front of you. Someone said amen. So God keeps them from finding the body of Moses. And now we realize that God has already spoken to Joshua several times. Joshua has been a commander in Moses' army. He's had some successes. He's been a great, greatly used of God. And there's places in Scripture where God has already talked to him and, and spoke to him. And especially in a situation where they were coming into the promised land. And Moses had the promise that they were going to go into the land of Canaan. And they were going to possess that land territory. And they they were going to take the land and that God had promised them that it's a land that flows with milk and honey, which is a 
Very interesting scripture because there actually were trees where bees would house in the trees and they would create so much honey that it would run down the trees and run through the forest. You can find it in the Old Testament where men and soldiers were walking through the forest and they would just step in honey. It's land that flowed with milk and honey. It was interesting that God said that because it really was true. And then there's other places that we see scripture fulfilled. But what happened was they decided they were going to send out 12 spies. Anybody remember the story? Little Bible background. 12 spies spies and anybody remember the two that came back and said we could take the land it was Joshua and Caleb anybody remember the other 10 why because you never remember somebody that says we can't do it but you'll always remember the people that stand up and say hey if we get courageous if we get brave we can take this for the Lord God has promised us we can go take the promises and we can have what God said we can have and I'm grateful for Caleb and Joshua's testimony but if you look in numbers I'll show you numbers 13 31 and 32 it shows where the the spies have gone out into the land and they've they've searched the land and now they're they're coming back and it says but the men went up with him said we, do, we be not able to go up against the people. He's talking about the people of the land of Canaan where God has promised them. He said, go take the land, it's yours. I guarantee you, I will be with you. I'm your God and I will help you take this land. They had all these promises and yet the 10 other spies bring up a report and they say, we're not able to take this land. We're not able to go up against these people for they are stronger than we. Go on to the next verse if you would. And they brought an evil, the Bible says, an evil report. One translation says a bad report. I think the King James is interesting that it uses the word evil. In other words, saying that when you walk in disbelief, you are open to things that you will not be open to if you keep your faith up. And so what happens, they sell the entire people out on what they could have had if they would have just kept their faith alive and believed that God's promises are real and we can take this land. And so they bring an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Wow, that's strong words. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. There were giants in the land, amen? And what's interesting is, is there any lie in that statement? Is there anything there that's not true? I'm gonna really hit the realists in the room right now. Any realists in the room? You're very real, you wanna know all the facts. And guess what? These are facts. This is truth. There's no lie in this. But it was called an evil report. You can do the right thing the wrong way, amen? And you can do the wrong thing if you don't have faith. So what they're doing is they're telling the truth. They're being real. This is the facts. We're just sharing with you the facts. This is how it is. But Joshua and Caleb had something greater in their mind. They're like, don't die on this side of your destiny. Don't, don't fall down on this side of your blessing. You have great things ahead of you. Don't settle here. Don't settle because the land is populated with great people and giants. And yes, it is a, a land that eateth up its inhabitants, but we are not just any inhabitant. We are people called to take dominion over the land. We're the people that are called by God. We have God with us we can go in and take the land Joshua was trying to remind them you've got a promise bigger than the people that are in that land and sometimes we I think we lose the concept of what's going on anybody remember the story of David and Goliath Goliath is one of those giants that were in the land amen and so 
sometimes we trivialize what's going on with David and Goliath. We kind of like make Goliath anything we want it to be. Like, you can beat that car payment. You can bring that car payment down just like David took down. And it's like, we don't even realize the magnitude of what, of what Goliath was. You know, he was raised up for war. His hands were taught and fingers taught to war. And here he is standing defying the nation of Israel. And what they used to do is tribute battle where you'd send your best man out and they They'd send their best man out, and they were a representative of the entire nation, and whoever won, the nation gave to the other nation. Therefore, there wasn't so much loss of life. And so what happens is Goliath is standing on the hill in the valley of Elah, and he's calling them out. He's saying, your God is this, and your God's that, and he's really no God at all, and he's He's saying all kinds of things. And David is just a little boy bringing a lunch for his brothers. He's already been anointed to be king, but he got anointed and went back to the fields to serve the sheep. Isn't that interesting? You can have an anointing and keep doing the same thing God called you to do. So he shows up unaware of what's going on. Just bring some cheese and lunch. Amen? We're in Wisconsin, cheese and bread. So he brings some cheese and bread, and he shows up, and he sees this Philistine defying the armies of God. And he's like... Is there not a cause? Shouldn't we do something about this? This guy is defiling the name of our God. Someone should go do something. And so we take it sometimes too trivial when we're like, hey, you can lose those 15 pounds. You can slay that giant. And I want you to know that sometimes when we trivialize the things of God and the stories that are in the Bible, that we lose the the power and the magnitude of what's going on. And so what happens here is there are people in the land. There are people that that are giants. There are battles to be fought. There is a Jericho coming, but there's something very important. Because God is a good coach, and he doesn't just encourage Joshua. He also gives him a plan of attack. Look at verse 8. It says, The book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. In other words, he says, meditate upon it. The next verse, he makes sure he understands what he's supposed to do. But thou shalt meditate thereon upon the book. In other words, when you feel like you need to have courage in your life, when you feel discouragement trying to creep in or any kind of fear come over your life, he says, there's something you can do to build your courage. Amen, somebody. As Christians, we need to know how to do that. So what he says is you must meditate on the word of God. The word meditate is a very interesting word. And I want to challenge you to discover what what it means because in the scriptures we see that God is using this to bless us and to teach us. And so when you look at the word discourage or meditate in the original Hebrew, it's the word hagah which I'm not a Hebrew specialist, but I do know what the scripture tells me when I look it up. And I looked it up through Strong's, and it says that the word Hagah means to murmur or to mutter. In other words, to speak it out your mouth. So it's not just enough for you to read the word, you have to rehearse the word. And so what would happen in the old days is when the the the, 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 the the people and the, the individuals, the scholars, the Jewish scholars that wrote the word, when they got to reading the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, when they began to read the Torah, they wouldn't just sit there and read it with 
quietly. They would actually mumble the, the hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. blessed be the name of the Lord. And they would just mumble the, the word to themselves. And, and the scripture tells us many places to, to put the word of God on your lips. In other words, meditation or to meditate upon the word of God is not just to read it silently, but to repeat it to yourself. And as you repeat it over and over again, something happens in the human spirit and psychology that you be, begin to remember and to hear what you're saying and the promises of God begin to embed themselves in your spirit and something begins to grow up in you in faith because faith cometh by hearing amen somebody and hearing by the word of God in other words when you say it to yourself you can actually preach yourself a sermon you can actually stand up and say I will take courage I will be strong in the Lord and it comes from his word just reading it so when he reads the word of God the Bible says that you should meditate upon the word therein day and night if you wake up with night fear just begin to speak God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of a sound mind when you begin to rehearse the word of God to yourself, you become strong and courageous and you command yourself into courage. Amen, somebody. Dr. Martin Lord Jones said once, he's a Welch preacher, he said famously, our problem is we spend too much time listening to ourselves and not enough time talking to ourselves." In other words, what, what the Bible is saying here to Joshua, he's saying, be of good courage and do not be discouraged, do not be afraid. There's really only two fears in life. You can break every fear in your life down to two basic fears. Number one is the fear of falling short. And number two is the fear of running out. You fear that you will not be enough in something, not be enough in that relationship to stay in that marriage, not be enough in that situation to get the promotion on the job, not be enough. That's one of your basic fears. Your other basic fear you can break down, it will be to that you will not have enough. You will run out. Your job will go away. You will end up broke. Things will happen. Life will move in. And all of a sudden, something takes place, and you fear running out, and you can fear falling short those are the two basic fears in life and then of course discouragement can set in but those two states fear and discouragement are not states you can stay in and see the blessings of God in your life you have to pull yourself out of those things and that's why God's telling Joshua do not fear and do not be discouraged because your victory is found in the state in which you live amen somebody needs to pack a u-haul today and move to a different state of mind amen all right, that was a little preacher humor. <laughs> when you have little to talk to yourself about, talk to yourself about the word of God. When you have little thing, very few things going right in your life, talk about the promises that went right in the word of God and remind yourself of the promises. I talk to myself all the time. I, I might be a little crazy, but as someone said, it, you can talk to yourself as long as you get the right answers. We used to do this when we were young. Remember when you were young? Three and four? Talking to yourself as you're playing. Remember that? 
And, and, and then you get a little bit older and you start building Legos. And you're like, this Lego here and this Lego here and this. And you just sit there and you mumble and you say things. My wife's sister is so funny. It was, we have this standing family joke. She was, work, she was playing with her baby and, she's, and she couldn't get something done right on her baby or some clothes or something. And she goes, cooperate, baby, cooperate. You know, would you cooperate? She's talking to it. We, we grew up talking to ourselves, but somewhere along the way in life, we've turned on ourselves and started listening to the negative and not speaking the positive to ourselves. Your life, I, I'm telling you, if you get this, you will forever change your trajectory and point yourself towards your victories and destiny because if you begin to speak to some things, you thought it was that bad marriage that you had. You thought it was that bad relationship. You thought it was you didn't get enough school. You thought it was that you just didn't have a strong enough mind or, or you didn't have the, the, the temperament to, to be successful as successful as others. And you found discouragement and fear setting in. But really it wasn't any of those things. It's not your circumstances or your situation. It's your decision whether you let fear and discouragement stay in your life. Don't let your heart be discouraged, the Bible says. Don't let it stay. Don't let it be there. You're the one that decides what you want to stay in your life. You choose. The big one goes here. Little one goes there. Used to play with Lincoln Long, stacking them up. This one goes like this. This one goes like that. Nowadays, when something goes wrong, I tell myself, I will be blessed. When I get up in the morning and I don't feel that great, if I, if I stand up in the morning and I go, I wonder how I feel. I wonder how today's going to be based upon how I feel. Guess what? I will have 50-50 days like all the time. I, I will be kind of there, kind of not. But if I get up in the morning and spend time with God and I decide to speak my day through, if I start talking back to myself, hello somebody, if I start talking to myself, I want to preach. I want. I want to preach this morning that you need to talk yourself into some stuff, because you've been talking yourself out of things. You know how to talk yourself out of things pretty good, don't we? we God can give us so many blessings and set so many things in front of us, and we'll spend so much time seeing all the blessings of God. But we'll go to lunch after this sermon, and we might not even remember what was preached after we eat. Shame on you! No, I'm just kidding. But we'll have all these blessings preached to us. And by Monday, we will have talked ourselves out of what we were preached into over the weekend. The blessings of God are, are yea and amen. He does not give and, not re and, and take back what he's given. Did you know that people pray for the peace of God? Why are you praying for the peace of God whenever in John 14, it tells you, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. Most of the time in church, what I'm doing as a pastor is reminding people of the promises that were already there in the first place. And they've just talked themselves out of it. You've walked away from a strong relationship because you talked yourself out of believing that you could have a husband or a wife like that. You've settled in a place where you know that you do not belong because you have so much more God-given potential and so many more promises on your life. Am I being too strong today? I'm just celebrating that God has some promises for each one of us and if you understand peace is for you to take because God already left it for us and some people just don't understand the, that they have fear and discouragement because they're letting it stay there when peace is already available in God's promise his presence will always be there guaranteed but his promises are optional
You've got to take those. It's not your circumstances. It's not your situation. Those things are factors in your life, but they don't control what God's doing in your life. Those may be frustrating factors, but they're not the deciding factor. Amen? So what I want you to know today is that you have to tell yourself and command yourself into courage. You must live in courage to see the victories of God. So he goes on to say in verse 8, he said, herein, I'll read it when you put it up there because my Bible's got very small writing and I got a shadow up here. Book of the law, let not the book of the law depart from thy mouth, but thou meditate thereon day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night, that thou mayest observe the things according to all that is written. Make sure that if you meditate, if you mumble it, if you murmur it, if you keep speaking it to yourself, if you keep on talking yourself into it, that you will observe all of those things that are written therein. And then shalt thou thy ways be prosperous. In other words, if you command yourself into courage, you're going to have prosperous ways. I'm not preaching a prosperity doctrine. I don't believe in that. I don't believe you come to Jesus, get a big house and a big car. I do believe that we are still walking through life and there's struggles. Amen? But I do know this, that there is a link in the word of God that cannot be broken with that then. And if God puts prosperous ways connected to mumbling or meditating upon the word, that whenever you spend time in the word of God, you are literally building your success. Well, that's really good. I think I'll just worship on that myself. Not because the good preacher, but because that's good word. And then he says, thou shalt have good success. Not success that then causes a marriage to fall apart. Not success that you get to 45 and 50 and have a midlife crisis. Not success that everybody says should be your success. Or everybody says is good success. But actually God-given good success. Where you have a home of peace. And you have a family that stays together in love. And you don't have to fight for the things the world has to pay money for. Because God will put it right into your life as a gift and a blessing. And you will see the health and the benefit and the blessing of the Lord. So I get up some mornings and I don't feel the best. But I say, I will bless the Lord. Look at Psalms. I want to show you something very interesting real quick. Look at what happened to the psalmist in 42 and 4. He starts speaking to himself. When I remember these things. Earlier in the scripture, David said, I was overcome with tears. He said, I remember my tears. I pour, out my soul. I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. When I remember these things. or He said, when I remember that I used to go to the house of God. I'd gone with the multitude and went to, with them to the house of God. The days I remember going to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. That I went there with joy on my heart. And, and this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I remember going to the house of God. And I had joy and excitement. And I had praise before I got to the first note of the band. And I had joy in my heart. He said, with the multitude that kept holy day. Go on to the next 
next verse. He said, I remember when I went there, that, but that's not what I have now. I, why art thou cast down? Look at the, the change that takes place here. He's saying, I remember the struggle. I remember when I used to go to the house of God in joy. And now it's just like I, I hit my alarm three times snooze before I get to church on Sunday. I come late because I barely, I barely got here. I, I just don't know how to get here and keep my joy and my happiness up. I used to have this when I came to the house of God, but I lost it. But then the psalmist turns a corner and he starts commanding himself to be courageous in God. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's speaking to himself. One of the greatest things you can learn to do is put yourself in your place. Don't wait for somebody else to put you in your place and say, hey, you're lifting your thoughts and your ideas higher than the word of God. You got bigger promises and better blessings. Let, let yourself find those blessings, live on those blessings, and go ahead and put yourself and your ideas below God. Lift him up and let him be the king of kings and lord of lords, and you'll go to the house of God happy. You'll say, today, I may not feel the best, but I'm going to the house of God. If I got to go in a rainstorm, I'm going. If I got to go sad, I'm going. If I got to go discouraged, I'm going. If I got to go with some fear in my life, I'm going to the house of God. Because at the house of God, I hear the word of the Lord. Then I get courage in my heart. And I feel like I've got my fight back. And I can stand and say, God will teach my hands to war against the enemy. I will be a blessing in my generation. I will encourage somebody this week on the job. I will know what it is to see the favor of the Lord. I will stand and I will see the power of God in my generation. I will feel an anointing fall on this house. I will see revival in these altars. I will feel fire fall from heaven. And I will see great things from God. I speak myself into courageous things. I don't know what God's going to do in the altar, preacher. I brought friends, but I don't know if God's going to move on them. Guess what? Begin to say, this is a good day. God's going to touch your life. I really feel like this is a blessing. This is an appointment with God. This is not an accident. God knows right where you are. God knows what you're going through. I believe God's going to meet with us today. Start speaking courage and start speaking faith and start speaking life to your tomorrow. Problem is, so many people live a bad today and tomorrow because they're trapped to the bad past of yesterday and they're just rehearsing their history instead of stepping into their destiny you speak what you get what you allow in word is what you allow in deed because words create action what you say is what you do and so your courage comes from your conversation if we go back to that verse, watch what happens in verse 5 of Psalms 42. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. So he says, why art thou disquieted? Why are you cast down in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. I will praise him for the help that he gives. I may not see it right now. I may not feel it right now. But I know that his promises are real. And I'm going to keep going because I might feel like I lost a battle, but we're going to win this war. Amen? 
And you have to just encourage yourself by zooming out and saying, hey, I, I may feel like it's going bad right now, but overall, this is just a chapter in the book, baby. This is just one stop along the way. This is just a pause in the progress. Amen, somebody that got Wednesday word this week. This is just a pause in the progress, but God's not stopping the progress. I am going to see the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Is this helping anybody today? So you got to learn to talk to yourself which is good now that we have Bluetooth because then you don't look so crazy. You know, you stand on the corner and just talk to yourself and people don't think you're nuts. Funny thing is either you can look like you're crazy by talking to yourself or you can actually go crazy because you will do whatever conversation is going on. You don't have to talk to somebody to have a conversation because your mind is made to mutter. Your mind is made to speak. So your mind will constantly... Whenever, whenever you have a person that has a speaking disorder and has the inability to communicate, they get so frustrated and so angry and they, they have so much tension because they can't get out what their mind wants to say. And you have a conversation going on in your heart and mind all the time. You are speaking to yourself whether you know it or not. You just have to choose the direction of the conversation. You have to point the conversation toward faithfulness and toward courage instead of discourage and fear. You have to fight and face your fears. Amen? As I begin to close, I want to tell you that there are some very real things that you have to learn to do. You have to have a phrase to fight with. If we are communicating people, and if we see in the scripture that God not only says what to do, but how to do it, he says, speak my word, meditate upon it, murmur it, meditate it, murmur it. See, the reason why God got so upset with the people in Israel, uh, of, of Egypt, when they came out into the wilderness, because they were murmuring the wrong things. They started murmuring the bad things, the negative things, instead of murmuring the word of God. They forgot the promises of God. Now Joshua is here and God's given him a promise to take land. He's afraid. Of course he's afraid. Of course he could be discouraged. Look at his army. He's taking people into war that only know the wilderness. These are young people too. All of those that murmured in the, in the, in the scriptures, you see it, you can follow it. He's got... Young men that are 20 and down, 21 and down, he's going into war with them. And I don't know about you, but the Bible doesn't give a condemnation. I, I feel like standing up for Joshua. It doesn't give a condemnation for feeling fear and feeling discouragement, but it does say what to do with it. The word counteracts what goes on in your heart. And so he says, you're going to prosper. And then he goes on to say that you're going to have good success. Then he says in verse 9 of Joshua 1, he said, have not I commanded thee, be strong. There's the commandment. It's not an option. If we want success in God, we have to know that he's commanding us to be strong. He's commanding us to walk out of what's dissing your courage, your discouragement. And so... He said, be strong and of good courage one more time and be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed for the Lord your God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. In other words, he said, if I'm with you, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. If you feel fear, that's okay. 
because Joshua was going into battles he'd never faced before. He was going to see things he'd never seen before. How would he not have fear? It's a human response. You're going to do the same too. Now, you're not going to fight a battle. You're not going to take Jericho, but you're going to need to be strong on your job. You're going to need to go ahead and buy that house. You're going to need to buy that property. You're going to need to be a part of a, a ministry. You're going to need to be somewhere where you get rooted and grounded and where you get used by God and you get your destiny on track. Amen? And you're going to have some fears with that. You're going to have some discouragement at times. But you've got to learn to speak to yourself. Talk yourself into it. Amen? Talk yourself into it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Would you stand with me? How many have ever tried to face down your fears and you just didn't feel like it was going so well? I want to pray over that person today. I want to pray for a person that may be here. And you, you, I, I won't even ask you to raise your hand because I know where this is at because I've been through some discouragement. I know what that's like. But has anybody here ever been discouraged and you didn't see a brighter day? You just couldn't quite see the, the clouds part and the sun come through. But there is a sun, S-O-N. There is a God who came and died for us to pull us out of our discouragement and lift us up with him. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And I'm grateful for the drawing power of God. Would you bow your head with me? And would you close your eyes? And would you just let God move on you right now? Would you be willing to just let God do something in your heart? Some of you need to just re reset on a conversation that's been going on in your heart for so long. Oh, you'll never get a better job. Or it's never going to be like this for you. You're never going to have that family that has peace. You're never going to have those kids and, and have a home like those other folks do that's so, that's so blessed. But, but that is a, a lie from the enemy. And that is a conversation and a thought that needs to be captive in your life and pulled down. And you need to take hold of it with faith and say, no, God has set the solitary of families. God has blessed me. God is going to do great things in my life. God is going to give me the ability to pay off that debt. God's going to help me in my situation with my daughter. God's going to help me and recover my son. God's going to help me with my brother and my sister. God's going to put me back in right relationship with my father and my mother. Come on, somebody. I want to open the altar today for someone who's been, who's been seeing the blessing of God, but you haven't had the bravery to go after it. I want to ask somebody, are you living a life where you see more blessings than you're living? Are you in a place right now where you know God doesn't want you to stay. Come to this altar and speak over yourself. Speak some courage over your life. Ask God to give you good success. Ask God to make your way prosperous. Today is your day of change. Today is your day to stop thinking it was them and start realizing it's your choice. I speak against fear in the name of Jesus. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of truth and of sound mind. I speak against that fear in the name of the Lord. I ask you to cleanse every spirit and wash away every spirit that would try to bring fear. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you lift the weight of discouragement off somebody. Lord God, bring them off antidepressants right now in the name of Jesus. God, remove somebody from the need to stay in their bed till 11 and 12 on Saturday because they're so depressed. God, would you release somebody right now who's been discouraged over their child who's on drugs? Would you release somebody right now listening online 
that has had some hope ripped out of their life. They thought it was going to go one way, but it went another. Would you recover them by their own speaking of your promises? Would you help us step into your plan for us, God, I pray in Jesus' name.